Today's episode is brought to you in part by the fine folks down at Drift Outfitters in downtown Toronto, Ontario. Drift Outfitters is your source for all things fly fishing. From waders and boots to thread and feathers, Drift has it all. Check in on their website for the latest updates and policies regarding shopping during the pandemic. Curbside pickup for your online and phone orders is a great way to get the gear you need. And they're shipping for free across Canada on orders over 175 bucks. Visit Drift Outfitters com to learn more driftoutfitters.com Hello and welcome to another episode of SoFly. It is uh, the end of August, and uh, it's a new episode we're recording right here back on the old the old studio, I guess we could say. We're online, yeah. but you know, it feels like a studio now. Uh, we've got myself, Mitch. We've got Yelma. Hello, everyone. And we've got Aldo. Hey, everybody. And uh, we're very excited to be joined by a guest that uh, we have on the show today. We've got Derek Bird, who is the founding editor of Fly Fusion magazine. Uh, he's worked with Fly Fusion uh, since its inception and played an integral role in establishing the magazine's unique vision. Uh, on a practical level, he writes the Streamlines column for each issue and oversees acquisition of editorial content. Along with writing and editing, he also co-hosts the popular Fly Fusion series and is the producer responsible for content acquisition for the IF4, if you've heard of it, uh, the International Fly Fishing Film Festival. Uh, although he juggles his hectic schedule, he still finds time to really enjoys more than anything else in life, which is spending time with his wife and his two sons exploring the secluded streams nestled within British Columbia's Rocky Mountains. He's also got a brand new book out uh, that we're going to talk about today called Last Summer on the Sage. And today he's on SoFly. Derek, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I've been looking forward to this. I, you know, just listen to a few of you guys' podcasts and listen to your interactions, man. I'm like, I, I hope I can just keep up with you guys. It's like, yeah, between like sneezing and laughing. And... Yeah, there'll be probably a couple of Yoma's iconic sneeze moments. Well, they're not yeah. Yoma. Uh, no, we're super stoked to be chatting too. And, and thanks so much for coming on. I mean, we've, we've been, I mean, we've been following Fly Fusion for years on the I-4, you know, like it's, uh, we're no stranger oh. to that stuff at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's always something, you know, um, as, you know, Canadian fly nerds that you know growing up fly fishing anyway um in canada you're like when you see content creators i guess that term wasn't coined back then but when you see you know right, fly yeah. fishing you know magazine or even you know the new fly fisher or something you're like wow and you start seeing your community even a canadian community reflected in media it's always yeah. super cool so yeah it'll be, um, we're, we're, i'm pretty excited to you know chat about and, that and 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 the book and everything so yeah. yeah thanks for coming on yeah and i like the way that you put it like content creators because because you're right like that terminology wasn't around kind of back in our inception which was kind of early like really early 2000s i think 2000 maybe two or something like that 2003 mm -hmm. and it's like and everything's so much more immediate nowadays right like back when we were first started the magazine it was like you know, you feel like you're in a bit of a silo when you're, you know, when you're a writer and, you know, doing kind of magazine work because, you know, for somebody to contact you, um, they have to like actually like find your email address kind of in the magazine and then like email you something. So, so, you know, when you get an email from somebody that they were either really, really angry or really, really happy, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's not just yeah. kind of a thumbs up type thing. So yeah. anyways, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. Although I echo that, like Fly Fusion. I remember like going out of Green Drake in Ottawa and picking up copies of that stuff when I was like a teenager, man. So I was like, yeah, it was cool Where to read I about. Worked. Yeah, and all the work there. It was like, but we didn't know each other, but it's wow. a whole thing. Yeah. But it was cool to read, you know, like Rick Warwood and like these people like that were, you know, in the community oh. writing articles. And it was like, yeah, Fly Fusion was. It was like, uh, I think it might have been my favorite magazine. Like it was just a beautiful thing, you know, at that yeah. time. So yeah, that's so awesome. You. And then you just. You just totally did a throwback, like Rick Warwood, man. He was, he's yeah. a gem, that guy. Like, the way he yeah. could cast and, like, the stuff he'd write about. Yeah. It's just off the charts. Like, there was there was a segment, and not to not to nerd out, but you threw the word fly nerd out there, yeah, although yeah. so nerd I'm going to carry on yeah, with fly, it, man. We're, but, fly, we're fly nerds, but, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> not to nerd out, but, um, but, like, there was, like, and not to name kind of companies and stuff, because I don't want to, you know, make everybody upset and stuff, but, yeah. but there was, like, a contingent of guys back in the early 2000s that were part of like this G Loomis crew that like were, they were just like, you know, you want to talk about like um, kind of the, the forefront or like the wave of like dissecting every single aspect of a cast down to its yeah. like finest minutia. Like th those were the guys, man. And they would, and mm -hmm. like to go and like see them at a trade show or to hear them like, you mm -hmm. know, teaching a session or something. Oh my goodness, yeah. like they could they could talk for hours and hours and hours about like say drift in a cast or like stop points or something like that. And you're just like, oh my goodness, you could just sit and kind of drink from a fire hose. And back yeah. then, right, that's kind of like, you know, information was, it wasn't as kind of like, as kind of instant as it is today. And so like to show up in a place and hear one of those guys or to have one of them kind of write in the magazine or, you know, to, to interview one of them and be like a ghostwriter for them or something like that. That was pretty cool for somebody like me kind of in my younger years where it was like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I'm learning so much right now, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, was that the crew that kind of in the, like you said, early 2000s or like, you know, in the 2006 to 10 era, were they the ones putting on those like spade claves? Because I remember going to yeah, some spade yeah. claves, and I think it was like the like brand sponsored by G Loomis, and I remember yeah. going to echo your point. I remember going right. to them and being like, I've never heard somebody talk about except for maybe Lefty Cray in a right. magazine or on a video talk about casting this way. But yeah, you know. yeah, those are uh, yeah, those are the guys, man. Like it was uh, Rick Warwood. Uh, I was going to say Stevie Winwood, but that's a different. That's a singer, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Winwood! I love uh, Steve Winwood. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> It he was like Chris Sepio. Chris Sepio, he was in there, um, yeah. and then the uh, there was a few brothers that were like that were just like kind of long distance champs as far as like uh, it was Steve and uh, the Ray Jeff boys, right? They were just like mm. you know bombing right. out these like monster mm -hmm. casts and kind of dissecting everything, yeah. um, and then a lot went into kind of their design of rods, right? Like with uh, with Steve with uh, G Loomis, and then. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tim, Tim Ray Jeff with uh, Echo, like with, with Echo, Echo yeah. Rods and stuff like that. Yeah. Like those guys, yeah, they were they were kind of heart and soul and like kind of gave everything to fly fishing and, and yeah. kind of invested a lot and came out with like just some fabulous rods, right? Just some absolute, mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. and again, I'm not, this isn't like, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I'm not like, <laughs> I, we're just kind of reminiscing right now. And I feel yeah. like I have to say that because there's like, there's Absolutely. so many companies that put out really good rods right now, oh, right? Yeah. Like. Like we do, uh, you know, we do a rod review um, every year. We do uh, in our winter issue, I think it is. We do a rod review, and man, to be able to like test kind of all the new, like all the new rods that come out, and test them like side by side, 
<laughs> like we live in an absolutely just amazing time as far as technology that goes into rods and being able to like you know being somebody that, that's able to go to different rod manufacturers and see where yeah. they're manufactured and meet the meet the minds that are behind kind of like what's going into our rod technology it's pretty impressive um yeah. and you know and it's like if you want like if you want to you know if you want to like spend a ton of money on a rod like you know if you're out kind of in the thousand dollar range or a little above that i mean you can you can have your choice like there's a, yeah. a number of different companies that'll that'll have that but but then even if you're in the mid-range too like you're still going to get really good quality fine casting rods mm -hmm. uh, maybe the components won't be as high end but but boy they're sure good rods and then even and this is fantastic too right even in the lower, kind of in the lower or entry range. Oh yeah, um, there's some good stuff. You know, stuff. the rods, the rods that are coming out in the entry range too are like, they're they're pretty slick casting, right? For mm. somebody that's like, well, I don't know if yep. I like for sure want to get in, or my budget mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't allow for this. Like, mm -hmm. man, they, you can still get some absolutely like yeah. quality stuff, right? Oh, even yeah. at, even in the entry range. So, anyway, yeah, fly fishing oh, yeah. boomed. You know, like yeah, it was really cool, but. It's kind of around that time, right? I mean, well, this this probably will come out of the next few questions. I think maybe like, uh, f you know, first, I think before we get into like the fly fusion, the book and all that stuff, like, why don't we kind of go back and talk about how you got into fly fishing and like where it started ah, for you? How'd you get into fishing yeah. at all? When did it okay, all begin? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And kinda... where, are, where are you right now in the world? <laughs> that's, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'm on, so I live on Vancouver Island. Okay. Yeah. Um, nice. Kind of the uh, like the the writing place or kind of writing central for like Roderick Haig Brown's hmm. stuff, right? I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he he kind of popularized the area on Vancouver Island that I live. But um, yeah, so I've been on Vancouver Island for probably a better part of twenty years. Um, but I grew up in the Kootenays, so in the Rockies, like kind of southeast British Columbia. Um, which when I was growing up, it was like, it was completely undiscovered, right? So most mm -hmm. of kind of what I did there was, was like, you know, I'd go out on what are considered popular streams today that, that likely people have heard of. Yeah. And I'd go out kind of with my buddies and fish all day and never see anybody out there. Right. And so, so that was kind of a, that was a huge, like, you know, a huge way to, I don't know. It was just a really incredible way to grow up is kind of like, so I always say that me getting into fly fishing, it's, it's, it's in my blood. Cause like, you know, my dad fly fished and he would, you know, it was always my favorite thing when he'd like pull out the topographical maps. You guys might be a little bit too, un too young to understand what a topographical map is, but he'd pull out, <laughs> you're like, I know that. We, I we, had, we had this going back to the green Drake outfitters yeah. phase of my yeah. life when I was 16, we had like the New York upstate New York road yeah. map and topo map. Yeah. And we were like, people who listen to the show, they hear this reference all the time. So I apologize. But anyway, whatever, like, <laughs> That's where we went to trout fish. We just didn't have trout yeah. streams in Ottawa. And oh, okay. so it yeah. was just like, yeah, it was a topo map fiesta. So yeah. not that and young. Okay. <laughs> I love the yeah, topo you, you look young, man. So. <laughs> it's, it's so fun looking at those old maps and like, you know, yeah, I loved, where yeah. fish might be, you know? Yeah, it's part of right. the exploration. I loved, yeah. absolutely love looking at them. And my dad, he'd pull them out. He'd put them out on the, you know, on the dinner table type thing. And he'd be like, okay, hey, yeah. boys you know this and then you point to where we we're going and i would just like literally i would dream about that right even yeah, though i'd yeah. never seen the actual place i would like dream oh, about yeah. it the night before we were going i was so excited and so so yeah it's partly in the blood partly geography like just if you didn't 
You know, basically, if you didn't grow up, um, you know, hunting or fishing or like, you know, doing something really outdoorsy in mm-hmm. the Kootenays, then you kind of wasted you kind of wasted your kind of existence there in a way because it just it invited all of that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. growing up, it was, um, you know, at first and you guys would probably identify with this if you grew up as like anglers or fly anglers, which was it was like it was very much like expand your territory right so so my parents were very much like in in the 80s they were very much free-range parenting right so they weren't kind of the helicopter parents they were like very much like like you know what oh you're good you know you're 11 years old or 12 years old right now and they would let us like ride our bikes you know five kilometers to like the closest lake we'd tie our we tie our, our our fly rods onto our bikes with binder twine (laughs) <laughs> we'd ride to the lake, we'd fish for the whole day, right? We wouldn't have like sunscreen or water or anything <laughs> yeah. like food or anything like that. Cause we we're just there to fish. And that's all you think about like when you're a yeah. kid who loves fishing, right? So we'd just go there and fish for the day. And then, and then the, the range would continue to expand. So it, it was that lake at first and then it became, you know, and then it became kind of, there was a river that was about kind of 10, 10 to 15 kilometers from kind of my doorstep. And then, so we'd, we'd ride our bikes like before, like kind of pre kind of around 15, we'd ride our bikes out to the river and spend the day out there. And, you know, we'd push boundaries as, you know, as kind of young teens, right? Like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like what we could wade and, and, you know, we'd often learn the hard way that we couldn't wade something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and you know, we survived through all of that and, but, but that's what it was. And then it just kind of kept getting like the, the territory kept expanding, you know, when my buddies got, we all fly fish and when we got our driver's licenses, then it was like, when yeah. we weren't working, we knew what we were doing, right? It, we were like, we were driving out to this river or that river that we couldn't get to when we were kids, yeah. but now we can. And so it's like the most exciting thing in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so that was, that's kind of, that's kind of where I grew up. Like I grew up, I'm a Rocky mountain trench boy, which is like, you know, I grew up <laughs> between like the Columbia range and, um, the Columbia mountain range and the Rocky mountain range. There's a big, huge, like 1500 kilometer trench that like divides BC yeah. basically. And that's where I grew up. And it was like, it was just trout, like trout central, lots of West slopes and, there was awesome. this, uh, there was this one guy, I won't rabbit trail too much, but there was this one guy who was like, who was like, uh, he said to my dad, he was one of my dad's buddies and he knew that I loved fly fishing. I was probably in my like kind of 16, 17 at the time. And I'd fished for kind of these West slope cutthroat, mm-hmm. like kind of my whole life to that point. And he said, he said to me one day, he said, well, he said, you know, it's not just cutthroat in the river. He said, like, I was at this one river the other day and I caught like this, you know, 12 pound bull trout. And I'm like, what? Like, what's a bull trout? Like, I didn't even know, yeah. right? Because back then again, it was like, you know, you, you were at the mercy of kind of like reading, like just, you know, if you were into fly fishing, you could go and talk to the shops and the shops were sometimes a little bit tight lipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you could like, you could buy a magazine that was usually, well, mostly American. out of the States yeah, I was American. And so there wasn't really talk of, you know, that type of fishing. And so, um, so when he told me that I like, I, like, I was like right at my buddy's doorstep, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of right after that saying, did you know this? And he was like, no. And so, (laughs) so then it was like, kind of like a couple of years of us trying to figure out how to fish for these, you know, 
these kind of fabled like uh, yeah, 12, 13, 14, 15 pound fish, right? And we started to catch them and which was so crazy because it was like all those years that we could have caught them that we didn't even know they were there, right? And so yeah. I don't know, but that's that's kind of, that's one of the things that makes fly fishing what it is, right? Is mm -hmm. when you get like that little right. tidbit of information mm -hmm. and then you're like, oh, what am I gonna do with this now, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. like, and I still get that, you know, I'm kind of halfway through my existence if I live to 100 and and I'm still like, I'm still like, I'll get yeah. this little tidbit of information or I'm excited to talk to you. I was excited to talk to you guys today because, you know, cause there's lots of stuff that cross pollinates, right? Where, you know, you try something out there and I've done this, you know, maybe not kind of where you guys fish, but I've done this in a few different places now, just going and testing out different rods with different manufacturers in different places and stuff where I'll try something kind of in their neck of the woods and I'll be like, Hey, I bet you that works for this. Mm -hmm. right. right. And then I'll do it and it will. And I'll be like, I'll feel a little bit accomplished <laughs> yeah, or something. Right. Because yeah, I'm yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, I might be the only person like on Vancouver out. Island right now that's trying yeah. this. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 that's cool that's really cool I'm like yeah that's, um, that's 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 definitely a very gratifying thing and i think yeah i've 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 done that before um with uh with the bonefish remember all the we were using the um oh my god the clousers because i'm so used to using clousers on other you know they're you know for walleye for bass and then we just you know we went to mexico one time and oh you can use pink clousers for this and it just felt so good because i was thought of you know fishing for bonefish was you know the shrimp had to be exactly what they were eating at the time, and it was very more, right. you know. But it it wasn't a, you know. It was that, like you were fishing specific. smallmouth bass on like yeah, whatever. Pretty yeah. much, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bonefish. Yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah, It was a really similar scenario to catching smallmouth bass. Yeah, <laughs> you look for you look for the lily pads. Yeah, yeah. you cast the lily pads, and that's yeah, where, that's where they yeah. put a bobber no, right, on eventually. Like, you know. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> Dahlberg diver. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, Yelma, totally. Yeah, I was surprised that that worked, but yeah. that's all they were eating. Um, yeah. and, very and cool. You, and and it is, and you feel like you do. You feel like not just a little bit accomplished, but but kind of mm. like you've, uh, I don't know, you've short circuited some process or something, right? Mm. By like going, oh yeah, well I use clousers over here for this, and and what? Like I don't have to, you know, retie my whole box. I can use a clouser over here for this too, right? Yes, yeah. you hacked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, um, and there's one fly that, you know, that I've fish, uh, well, I, I use tons of different flies, but, but there's one that, um, that I was oh, I thought using you're just about just to tell us like the ultimate cone yeah, cracker, I'm, I'm just like, like yeah, one I just fly. use one fly for, use for everything. everything. I just have one, <laughs> one the fly? fly in my box <laughs> and that's it. It's not cause it works. It's just cause I'm lazy. No, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, there's this one fly that I was using for West slopes and, um, and I, I was doing it kind of one summer, like, cause I go back and I fish in my, my home waters, like every summer I'll go back for like a week and, oh, that's awesome. and, uh, and just kind of connect with old friends and kind of some of my old buddies. Right. And we'll, yeah. we'll fish together for a week. And, and then, and then there was this one fly that they started using out there for West slopes. And, and I got back out to the Island and it was, um, it was summer steelhead time. And I'm mm -hmm. like, man, I wonder if I like skated this, if it would work for a summer steelhead. And sure enough, it's like, it is dynamite for summer steelhead and for like coastal cutthroat. And it's what? like, I really, I, you know, and I've done it now for probably, probably four or five years. I'm using that pattern. Like 
almost exclusively like right at the start of the season just because it's so money mm -hmm. and yeah. i don't want like and and i'm like i'm so hypocritical because i don't want to like i don't want to write about it or i don't want it to like yeah. i don't want to show anybody you know when somebody <laughs> walks past me on the stream i like i slide my i'm like one of those guys where i like slide my hand up the handle so they can't see the fly like i'm just <laughs> i'm like totally doing that even though i'm like somebody that's like should be dispersing information hey yeah i got yeah. one on this fly yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. anybody who listens to the show has signed an nda so all good right yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah. skating unwitting, too that's unwitting cool. skating that must be so much fun oh yeah. skating yeah skating for like a summer on steelhead there's yeah. there's kind of two there's two fish that that like when you when you skate for them the visual is and it's and it's quite different but but the visual is like it makes you when you close your eyes at night have you guys ever done this when you after like i don't know like after like pounding banks all day from a drift boat or something and watching kind of like fish come up for a fly like sometimes mm -hmm. at night i'll close my eyes and that's what i'll see even before i've drifted off to sleep right I, because yeah. i've done that motion so many times that day oh, yeah. right yeah that that like that's totally. what i'll see yeah. But there's like, there's two, there's two fish out or two types of fish out West here that like, um, that are so visual when I'm like, when I'm casting to them, but, but it's in different ways. So, so one of them's a coho and do you guys have coho in the, like that come up into the great oh, lakes? Yeah. You we do, do, right? We do. Oh, so maybe we could talk too about kind I of cross-pollination there. I can't say we there. really, yeah, we, maybe we can try something this season. I, I can honestly say we don't really fish for them. Oh, okay. We definitely, we kind of stick yeah. to the, to the Great Lakes steelhead thing. Okay. Um, not for so, any good reason other than like the GTA streams seem to get more Chinook salmon than anything. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe the so superior it, so streams get more coho, but, um, oh. but yeah, we, we tend they, to get a lot of Chinooks. Okay. Hmm. So with coho, like, like one thing that, like one thing that they'll do. So they're, they're like chasers, like out of all the, out of all the Pacific salmon anyways, they're like, they're the ones that, that to me anyways, are like built for a fly rod, right? Like, like cool. pinks are, you know, pinks are fun, but, but there's normally so many of them in the river and there's so many people that show up to fish them, mm. yeah. you know, um, uh sockeye normally they they're not like really into anything once they've entered the stream they they normally aren't Shut really off. up for much of anything pretty shy yeah and uh and and yeah you can like if you get the right size depending on your gear right if you get the right size of chinook then you can land it but you know out on the island here like you know sometimes you'll be fishing for coho or something you'll hook into like you know a 30 pound <laughs> you know a 30 pound spring or and or Chinook and you're like, and you're like, well, in the current, if it's pretty yeah, fresh, it's, there's like, there's, you know, if you're fishing an eight weight rod, there's like, even with an eight weight, right. Unless you're double handing it, then maybe on a double hand, you, you have a, you have a chance, but like, yeah. anyway, so, but I think fish. that coho, yeah, it's a, it's a big fish, especially in a current, right? Like yeah. anyways, coho are like, to me, they're built for the fly because, cause they'll like, they'll chase. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so once you've cast, like you just start, you just start like stripping that fly and those coho, they'll like, if they're in the stream and they're fresh, they're coming out of nowhere. Right. Like just mm -hmm. to hammer that fly. And so, but then they'll take a dry too, which is really, really crazy. Oh, wow. That's cool. And so, wow. so especially if there's quite a few of them in the stream and they're really fresh, you know, you can, you can get them on uh, something we call wogs. Right. 
So um, where you'll be like, you'll be like stripping. So you're stripping these big dries like across the surface. And then you'll just see like this, this V behind the fly and then this mouth open and thunk. And then you're on. And then coal are so visual that they're just kind of like bouncing and flying around everywhere and they're aerial. And so, so there's that that's like, um, that's kind of like, oh, this is amazing, right? Like, yeah. And then, and then the steelhead too, like kind of when you're swinging for steelhead, a lot of times you'll hear, a, you'll hear a, um, like a really loud or a dense kind of like thunk like under the fly because they'll oh. swirl under it. And they're, right. they're usually like a pretty decent size, right? And so they'll swirl under it sometimes before they actually like take it. And, and so that's kind of like, that's cool. And then, and then to act, like actually see their mouth come up and, and hit that fly, like to, to be able to catch a, you know, basically, uh, you know, a, a sea run kind of rainbow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like Insane. on a dry fly. I mean, come <laughs> on, right? Like, is there anything that like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah. yeah, is there anything that like could could rival that? Well, I suspect that there is, but anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, I we guess uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. in the salt or something. But uh, I will tell you that uh, Yilma and I are coming to Squamish October fifth. Are you guys? So really? that just yeah. got us like I was just Hello. like na, 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 like yeah. <laughs> Drilling, yeah. yeah. So um, on the Squamish, you guys are fishing the Squamish, eh? Yeah. I, we don't know our, te- our itinerary oh, yet. We're we're doing some okay. work with Fishing BC, but we're we're our, our really good friend Joel Clifton, who's an awesome photographer yeah. in Squamish. He's, we've done a lot of pro- work together. He lives oh, there, okay. and it's his kind of project with Fishing BC. So we're coming to do a podcast and kind of just be the talent and fish oh, and hang out. But we're cool. going to be in and around the Squamish area for nice. for five days and maybe yeah. longer. Um, but yeah. we're definitely there for five days. So you just got us amped. Well, <laughs> have fun with that, you guys. Because, I mean, like, there's going to be, I mean, in October, you're going to catch, you know. And he's you've probably gone through all this already, but you'll be catching salmon. Yeah. You'll likely be catching, like, um, some char, like, dollies and stuff like that. And so... So it'll be, and, and <laughs> if you guys want, like, if you want to get a little bit of a trout fix, like at that time of year too, on coastal streams, you know, you can fish, you can fish in behind some of the reds and, you know, when those eggs are coming up and you can get trout too, and decent sized trout as well. Right. Like yeah. they're, they're usually like, you know, their bellies are usually quite distended at that time because they've been just snacking on all the eggs. But right. <laughs> I mean, it depends, it depends on how dirty you want to get. Right. Cause some people are like, some of the people that are probably listening to your listen to your podcast or like oh he's talking eggs like i i will just you know i will never speak to this man in in my life yeah but but you know what it's like when you grow up in an area where there's salmon you kind of you know i fish dries whenever i can and that's my preference but but i love fishing and so sometimes i'll you know fish in behind the salmon and and i'm fishing when some of the dry fly snobs aren't so Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to people from Ontario, so we're Mitch is a dry you know, we're, we're we're no we're no strangers we're no for t- t- for greasiness. But um, yeah. I figured I was safe on your podcast yeah. to talk yeah, about yeah. egg patterns. I think list, yeah, we'll like absolutely. realistically, realistically as a baseline, I think all of us would like to catch every fish on a dry fly or a popper sure. or a gurgler, a two-handed dry line. You know. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you just want to catch a fish and right. you know, fish eat eggs and fish eat worms, so. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like sometimes, yeah. sometimes. And you know what? I'm embarrassed because like, 
this, like, I'm embarrassed that I even brought this up and that I voluntarily brought it up. I was just like walked myself into like the egg debate, right? Hello. Which out in BC, like that's, you know, you gotta be really careful who you're talking to out in BC. It's a real thing out there, yeah. But like I was down in, um, I was down in Montana a couple of years ago and there was a bunch of us that were, that were fishing with this one rod company. It was a, it was a kind of a media, a media get together for a, a yeah. brand new, a brand new rod release. And, mm. you know, whenever, whenever, you know, that happens, it's like, it's so great. Cause you know that, you know, there's going to be a day of kind of like casting and checking out the rod and checking out the factory, but then they're going to put you on the water for a day yeah. or two with the rod too. Right. And so that's yeah. like, you're like, yes, please. Like I'm going down for that. Right. Yeah. Anyways, um, we got to, we were down in Montana and we are at this one rod company and, and, and there's like all these guys there that are like, you know, they're, they're all media guys. And, and I was in this one boat and the, the water was just like, like it had rained and it was just like, it was not fishing well. It was way too high to fish well. And, and so the guide in our boats, like, he's like, I don't know, like, you know, do you want to do you want to get a little bit dirty? Like, do you want to go down with some eggs or something or with some worms and uh, like with a San Juan or something? And I'm like, uh, and I kind of like looked at the media guy in the back, like it was going to be which one of us is going to cave, right? Yeah. It was like, who's going to say it first? And so yeah. I kind of looked at him and he, he was kind of doing the, the, no, no, that's, that's like below me. And then I was kind of like, yeah, I put one on for me, and so I did. So I fished with I fished with that right for a on. bit. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, and and I caught, I caught, and then when you yeah, know after I caught a few on that, I was like, you know what, like let's uh, let's pound the banks. You know, the water's overflowing the banks, so let's like strip streamers off the banks and see mm -hmm. if we can get some browns, and yeah. and that happened. So that was good too. That's fun. I used yeah. a bait oh, casting rod two days ago with my nephew. So I mean, hey. <laughs> I got real dirty. I don't so. even fly fish. I don't even fly fish. I just use minnows and stuff. It was his like decision. That, this is confessional time, you guys. Yeah. That's that's what it is, right? You know what? Yeah, yeah, Actually, none like... of us have ever been fly fishing. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. no. Uh, um, I but that's it. a. I, I love that 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 kind of. You know, we just don't talk about BC that much because probably none of us have ever been there <laughs> to fish yeah. anyway. And yeah. uh, and it's cool hearing about you know. Yeah, it's an awesome place to just like grow yeah. up. Fly Your background fishing. because it's obviously yeah. amazing. But I'm it's very so excited. I'm, very, very excited. I'm like so excited for you guys to come out and fish the Squamish area. Like it's like and likely because of the of like because of who's bringing you out. You said like fly fishing BC, probably Matt yeah. or whatever his name. Yeah. Yeah, Matt. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt. So, um, like you'll you'll end up with you know like good guides and they'll take you to places where there's not going to be very many people. And oh, like excited. you guys, yeah. you guys are going to just like, yeah, you guys are going to have a time. Like yeah. it'll be good. It'll be really good. And definitely, October, like yeah. you guys are going to be catching, you guys are going to be catching yeah. big fish. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah. We That's were, cool. we budgeted some time for afterwards just to like, you know, have some time just to explore as well. Nice. And like, yeah. because like, I don't know the next time I'm going to get out there. So yeah, we're stoked. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm yeah when you guys get 17th. <laughs> okay, nice. When yeah. you guys get to Squamish, you can kind of wave across the strait, like give me a wave across the strait because <laughs> I'm like, I'm right across the strait from Squamish. So that's oh, right on. Nice. like basically, well, sorry, Victoria is probably more across the strait from Squamish, but, but the Vancouver Island is, it's out there. It's out in the Pacific somewhere. We're floating around. <laughs> <out there>. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Um, okay, sweet. That's an awesome here, fishy, <laughs> fishy uh, life. That's really fun. Where you grew up and where you are now. How did Fly Fusion? Like what? What start? How did that start? Where did that come? Where did that come? Oh from? man, that's a yeah, really good question, Mitch. Um, so the way that that started out was. Uh, it was so there was there was no um, there was no kind of like trade show in Western Canada, mm-hmm. and um, my brother actually my brother and my dad there was a few people that approached them like kind of from the industry and they're like you know a trade show would do really well like in the Calgary area and they're like okay and uh, my dad had just re- like he was retired at the time and so they started a trade show and my brother was like well maybe we should do like a trade magazine for the show. And then so he started to research that. And the more he researched, the more he's like, well, you know, I think that there's room in Canada for like an actual like, like kind of like magazine. Like, I think that there's space in Canada for that. And so he floated that idea by me one day. And uh, he said, because he knew kind of like that my like basically how I spend all my extra time was fly fishing. And um, and then he knew that uh, just from my educational background. Uh, that, you know, I have uh, just, yeah, my degrees are in uh, communications and English literature. So he knew that I kind of knew how to dot, you know, dot I's and cross T's yeah. and <laughs> put periods in the right spot. And so, yeah. um, so anyways, he, uh, he said, do you want to like, do you want to join me with this and like edit it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll, yeah, let's do it. And so, um, so initially, you know, initially it was, uh, it was kind of like, you know, trying to find a name for it that that would kind of like be different in the market, right? And so that's what we wanted. We wanted to kind of be different in the space that was that you know where we saw kind of what everybody was doing, and we figured that we could that we could do things a little <laughs> bit differently. And so so that's what we did. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it was kind of like 2002 ish or 2003 ish when that started. Mm-hmm. And I can remember like I think one of the coolest. Actually, there was two cool things that happened right from the inception. Uh, mm-hmm. One was coming up with a name. And that was like, so we had some different partners at the time. Um, there was a couple of guys who had, a, who had a television show that were partnering with us. And, and like, I would like, you know, there was all, we were all kind of like sending out names to each other. And you could always tell like, like how much people liked a name by how quickly they responded to your email. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if it took a few days, then you could tell that it was going to be like, ah, let's, like, like, let's keep going. Like casting Creel is not really going to work. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, I love it. So, <laughs> I like casting Creel. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> it's actually what SoFly so, was going to be called too. So that's kind right, of yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, It's like, that's the default for everybody. Right. So yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so anyways, one night, I was just kind of lying down, just about falling asleep. And, and I started going like, oh, I, you know, I got to keep working at this. And so I kept thinking through it and, and boom, I just started like fly, you know, fly fishing, fly fusion. And I was like, oh, fly fusion, like that kind of has a ring to it. So the next morning I yeah. got up and I like, I sent it off to everybody. And it was like within 10 minutes, everybody got back to me. And everybody's like, that's it. That's the name, right? Oh, and so, nice. so then we, you know, then it kind of, things started to happen. And I can remember like, like, the very first and maybe you guys remember this like with your podcast like when you first like the first person you contacted or whatever or the first person that maybe had some notoriety that you contacted i can remember being like like contact it was my very first i think it was my first interview that i was doing or my first like call out to see if like i could get an article from somebody that actually had some credibility yeah. um it was <laughs> his name was I, I don't know if you guys know who this is but he's Wait. one of our do it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's the same for you and Mitch. 
because I think I know who it is. Bitch. Oh yeah. Yeah, but go, no, no, go, go. I'm okay, just, so, yeah. so it was, uh, so I, so I called, I called this fella, and I was like so nervous because I had read so much of his stuff and I respected him so much, and I like oh, called him. feel pretty. Good. It was Brian Chan. <laughs> oh, it was Brian, Brian Chan. Chan. Nice. Yeah, and who's like Stillwater, like yeah. the Stillwater table, Stillwater, yeah. the guru, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I yeah. like. I called him and he answered the phone, which I was like, I was, my heart was just racing. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all, hello, is uh, Brian Chan there? Like, like somebody else, like some other Brian was going to answer the phone, right? Hi, Brian speaking. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, Brian, is Brian yeah. there? Uh, is yeah. Brian, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is Brian. <laughs> I love it. So anyways, that was my first kind of like foray into like completely embarrassing myself and being like, you know what, Bird, like you got to get it together, right? If you're going to be like this person that's calling people you know media people and you gotta yeah. you know you gotta get it together so anyways <laughs> yeah no it's funny I, I totally feel you man like it's uh, <laughs> you gotta start somewhere right you gotta yeah, start right. somewhere exactly i think that's i think so it's safe funny. to say john girak was our first like i don't want to insult any other guest but like no, in terms of, of like somebody we've all read you know right. for a while yeah. yeah i remember when mitch was like crafting the email and like yeah, sending me drafts was, yeah. and stuff <laughs> yeah. he's like he's like oh man I, I hope he says yes and then he did which was even more nerve-wracking yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we were calling we, him we in rented Colorado. like a, we rented a studio yeah. like a in downtown like, toronto with like an engineer we rented a place. Yeah. you know and it was like, intense we're like yeah. everybody get there early we gotta do this thing right and then we call yeah. him and he's like hello and we're like hey it's uh so fly he's like uh oh you guys are like two hours early like we're like mountain time we're like we call them on eastern time and that was the first time we were always like eastern standard time oh uh, man it was, he was so cool though he was like but he, he was it, like yeah he did it anyway he was like oh you're lucky you caught me i just got off fishing but yeah i can talk now it's yeah. fine like, and totally then when poached. you guys when you guys were like interviewing was the first part a little bit bumpy was it like a little bit kind of like like hey, like you know, were you kind of like starstruck on a little us. bit? On us, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. He was like yeah. obviously just. Oh, yeah, like, no, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, you know like, what I mean. He's guys, like, yeah. shut up, and he just like talked. <laughs> it was yeah, awesome, yeah. but yeah, but yeah, totally. Yeah, you're nervous, you know. You're like, oh man, like I don't want to say something stupid that they hate, and they're like, right? Yeah, yeah, idiot. And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Idiot. Like, yeah. I'm calling the Chris Farley. Are you guys old enough to know who Chris Farley is? The, oh yeah. The, oh, yeah. the was it Brim yeah. Brower? Was it that sketch where he was like the the news guy? Yeah, anyways, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was one of his lesser yeah. known sketches, right? Like everybody yeah, knew the uh, the van, van down by the, the van river. down by the river guy, but yeah. not many yeah. people knew the Brim Brower guy. <laughs> anyway, it was also yes. a, a time like that, when for sure. our phone calls weren't this. We didn't see oh, the people we were yeah, calling. Yeah. yeah, so it was like you couldn't get a visual cue off yeah, of somebody. Yeah. You couldn't like read. No. Yeah. But for Garrick, that so would have been the whole thing was funny. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, you're yeah, right. yeah, that would have been more nerve wracking for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's all good. But it's fun. Um, was it always like intentional when you started the magazine to be like CanCon, or were you like I just we just need Canadian voices for the fly the global community, or was oh. it like we need to tell stories from Canada, or right. can it just be yeah. Yeah, good question. Really good question. Um, no, it was so I think at first it was kind of like, well, we want to try to get like, I mean, our goal was, you know, some of the stuff that we had set, like some of the visionary stuff that we had set was, you know, we want to get the best of the best, right? Best of the best photographers and best of the best, mm -hmm. you know, writers. And but but when you're first starting out, not everybody is just kind of jumping on board with you. Right. Like and mm -hmm. so. Um, so it took it took a while. And so a lot of times who we'd end up working with would be, you know, Canadians. 
Um, but then after a while, after a while, we, you know, there was kind of more and more American writers that we'd work with or American photographers that we'd work with, especially for like, you know, more high profile, more high profile stuff like cover shots and stuff like that. There were, you know, some, right. some very high profile Americans that we started to work with for that. And, mm -hmm. um, and then, it, and then kind of like we, we found that like, you know, probably I'm just thinking maybe seven seven to ten years into our existence it it started to like you could actually start to feel it like where right. it was like not us carrying it anymore where yeah. it was like you could feel like there was like a wave behind you that was kind of like you know pushing the surfboard right yeah to mix metaphors i've never yeah. oh no i have surfed once um <laughs> to mix to mix kind of metaphors right Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, there you, you can't even see him. He's like camouflaged that shirt. I know. Yeah, I wore yeah. a bad shirt. I mean, I wore a great shirt. He almost designed it, but it's 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 yeah. might be computing here. Nice. Right. So so yeah, then you could start to feel it. And when when we started to feel it, like you know, at trade shows, when you know, when people wanted to come yeah. talk to you and you know, set up meetings with you, and um, when you know, when American writers wanted to write for you, and like when American photographers wanted to get in on it, get in on the action, mm. that was like. You kind of felt like like okay this is like you know this is happening this is like we're going in a direction and and let's yeah. kind of you know let's part of it was kind of like let's hold on but then part of it was like okay like let's let's kind of like renew the vision and kind of like see where this mm -hmm. is going to take us right and yeah, so that was two. uh yeah. yeah that was that was really exciting and there was like i think around that time too was was kind of when, and this, this is all credit to my brother, like the guy's a marketing genius and he's like, and he's a risk taker too, right? I'm not a risk taker, but, um, but he's a risk taker. And so, so whenever you come up with like a good idea, like when we're, when we're having planning sessions with kind of our editors and stuff, when we come up with like a good idea, he's like, he's like, Kate, let's make that happen. Right. And so even if it, even if it's like, you know, a huge cost or whatever, he's like, let's do that. And so, so there was like, you know, that that's when, you know, when it became kind of like this, um, I, I call it kind of like a, a triangle of marketing genius where, you know, where the, the magazine kind of fed into like the TV show and the TV show kind of, you know, did, um, yeah. we have like a, it, it's kind of a branch or associated with like the IF4, right? The International Fly Fishing Film Festival. And so, mm -hmm. so it's kind of like this, this triangle of like, um, ways that we, that we connect with the fly fishing community mm -hmm. and, and it just kind of like, it just did what it did. And, uh, and it's been, yeah, it's been a really positive, uh, fun experience for the most part. I mean, with anything, right. There's, there's yeah, like the, the little details and stuff that, that aren't kind of like that aren't like the the glamorous or the fun parts or you know that type mm -hmm. of thing but but from the outside like a lot of people are like um you know i i i told this story before but i'll tell it once again which is uh not on your podcast so yeah. <laughs> so you guys aren't gonna be like oh boy now he's just repeating what he's saying like cut Whatever. cut cut um, so <laughs> Well, so, I grew up in um, the Kootenays and, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck? Let me the, old, the old grandpa approach. So yeah, I told yeah, you guys awesome. this, right? Like, and just start like repeating stories. That'd be awesome. Um, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> but there was like, there was one guy, I was picking up my kid from school one day and there was one guy who knew what I, he knew what I did. And, yeah. and he like, he came over to me and he's like, he's like, man, he's all, I'm in between jobs right now. And like, I was talking to a job counselor and she was like, what do you want to do? And he was like, do you know Derek Bird? I want his job. Like, that's what I want to do. And I was just like, I'm like, oh, that's like, that's really cool. Um, yeah. Because because we do, we see it like, you know, fly fishing kind of media and stuff. We see it as 
you know, and maybe sometimes that's how we project it, right? Like, you know, where you guys are like, you guys get to go to Squamish and like, you know, go to a place that you've never fished before. And like, and sometimes that's what it is, right? And when it's that, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, these are like kind of bucket list yeah. stuff that, that, you know, yeah. that I'm getting to take a part, like getting to take part of. And I'm getting to share that kind of bucket list stuff with, like with an audience that, that kind of mm -hmm. like wants to eat that up, that'll likely go, go, oh my goodness, like I want to do what they're doing or I'd like to be a part of what they're doing. And so mm -hmm. that's, I don't know, it's pretty exciting, I think, like yeah. stuff like that yeah. anyways. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. It's so cool. It's so yeah. cool. It's so cool. Um, how did, what, where, when did the IF4 come to be? Like, how did you guys start that? That's what I'm wondering. Because the IF4 yeah. is yeah. usually like wondering that for a while. Yeah, yeah. just, you know, came into the ether. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so I'm trying to think what year it started. So that that's kind of a combination of like, that's like, you want to talk like East, West, kind of like, you know, amalgamation. That So we worked, um, we worked a lot with, uh, with Vantage Point Media House, and we've done that. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with Vantage Point, the Vantage yep. Point guys. Like, yep. Yeah, yep. just absolute yep. like wizards and geniuses <clears throat> and ninjas behind like the camera. You guys like just like, anyways. Mm. Um, yeah. So we did we did lots of work with them, both with the television series and with IF4. Um, and so it was kind of like it was kind of like uh, like a brainchild of like you know of kind of yeah. A, we had we had kind of the means to do it right yeah mm. with with the work that we had done with vantage point um with nick at vantage point and so so that was kind of like i think it was kind of that and then um and then maybe to insert myself in something because i think it was it was mainly my brother and nick that that kind of like spearheaded that yeah. um but maybe to insert myself a little bit and maybe give myself maybe too much credit um it was uh like i can remember like as a like probably in my i don't know i was in university at the time and it was it was very much like i i also loved or i loved skiing skiing doesn't love me as much and doesn't love my old body as much anymore but um but i used to love like skiing right and so i yeah. used to go to um like warren miller ski films like mm. steep and mm -hmm. deep like back in the 90s yeah. right and it was yeah. just like it was kind of like this community of like you know skiers getting together and kind of like you know, you watching it and kind of like the off season and just going like, oh, just like drooling yeah, over yep. these places that they'd ski and, and the narration of like Warren Miller. And it was just like, and, and I like one, one day I was like, and again, my brother, he's like, he's not somebody to sit on ideas. And, you know, so we, we'd had, we'd had conversations like that, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool to like do some type of an event like a, you know, like a, you know, a ski film event type thing, but for fly fishing mm -hmm. and, and uh mm -hmm. yeah and, and i mean same thing same thing with the with the tv show right tv show came about just by i had just had surgery and i had a, i think i had a, like a week or two off of work and i was sitting at home watching uh it was wfn at the time i don't know what it is now oh, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah but the world fishing network and yeah and i was kind of like sitting there watching that and i i was thinking oh man like like with the people that we know we could like we could enter this space and and do it like really well right mm -hmm. because because we're we're very much um with a lot of the stuff that we do not only do we like big visuals but we like to tell stories too right like it's not just mm -hmm. kind of like fish porn and that type of stuff like that's mm -hmm. there but but we like to tell stories as well and mm -hmm. and so um so it was like it was 
that where I was sitting there and I was watching it and there was a lot of like, most of what I was watching was kind of like, you know, it was kind of like glorified infomercials to me where it was like, you know, I'm fishing here with uh, Billy Bob from uh, Billy Bob's Worm Factory and and <laughs> Sorry, uh, left, today we're yes, like, no. yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah, and yeah. so there was a lot of that on there and, and I was like, I said to my brother, I called him up and I was probably like totally hopped up on pain meds, but but I was like, I was like, you know what? We can like, we can do this. Like we could do like a, you know, a fly, like a fly fishing television show um, and we could do it without the rubs you know, we could do it just with like, maybe like product placement rather than like actually. And so in that way, we'd be like creating this experience for people where they could just like, they could become lost in the experience that we're having. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, oh, he's all, that's a good idea. And again, with my brother, he's a risk taker. Right. And so basically like the next day he was on the phone to, you know, like some heavy hitters, right? Like Patagonia and like different companies like that. And, and saying, Hey, this is our vision. What do you guys think? They're like, we're in. Like, let's do it. Um, And so, so, and that, that's kind of like, that's kind of like how we got into like film space essentially is, is like kind of through the, through the IF4 and through television and kind of just the contacts that we had and, and, uh, and then just wanting to do it maybe a little bit differently, right? Like, and not, maybe not being, I'm not saying that we were the first or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I'm saying that, that we were willing to take, that we were taking, willing to take some chances and yeah. see what people responded to. Yeah. And, and really it's, it's a chance, but, um, but it's not always a chance, right? If you understand, if you understand kind of like, like, you know, common kind of human nature and how people like respond to things and stuff, then, yeah. you know, as fly anglers, like, like, for example, like, um, like cover shots, right. For our magazine, like, like before, you know, before we came along in fly fusion, it was like, like everything that I saw on a cover was, was a grip and grin. It was all like, mm-hmm. it was all big fish and the bigger the fish, the mm-hmm. more magazines you sold. And, mm-hmm. and we came along and we're like, you know what? I respond well to like, to things in fly fishing that aren't just grip and grin. Like, yeah. I mean, I love the grip and grin. I love like that final kind of like, yeah, this all came together and it worked out, but but like I respond to like kind of different aspects of the beauty of fly fishing. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we were willing to like work with photographers and, and go, you know what, this would be cool on the cover, right? Maybe let's do like a tight up, you know, a tight shot of a fly or, or a tight shot of a fly in a fish's mouth or, you know, a trout's mouth or let's, let's like really focus in on the eye, right? Like let's focus yeah. in on that, mm-hmm. right? And so we, we started to do that and people responded to that. So mm-hmm. anyways. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it, like it was really a, like a time of, uh, of just like needing innovation because, because of the bill dances and the everybody, you know, like there was a formula to fishing content. That's so I think, right. yeah, when, you know, fly fusion came out and, and started to do some of that stuff, it was definitely well received. You know? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Hence yeah, the yeah. inception of SoFly. <laughs> we were definitely <laughs> right. inspired by fi- fly fusion. hundred percent. Oh, that's say. awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, certainly the IF4. Yeah. I remember going to the IF4 when I first moved to Toronto in 2009. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Or maybe it was, a l- I mean, Drift Outfitters really started, you know, yeah. h- hosting yeah. them in a, okay. in a, in not like a, well, we got a, we got a screen at the fly shop. You know, they, no, they, they rented a, like yeah. a oh, theater. A movie theater. Yeah. A movie yeah. theater downtown right? Toronto. Like, yeah. like the you know, playing next door was like a Marvel movie. And then mm. there was the IF4, you know, so yeah. like. And they sold out two viewings. Like this is like four, three hundred and fifty people yeah. coming yeah. to see fly fishing films in Toronto. Yeah. And I'm like, it's so fun. I remember being yeah. coming and being like, I, 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 
I can't believe this. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah, a good I way. Know. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. this is, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, I know like, awesome. um, like we would, so normally, well, we tried to, I think we normally premiere it at like the, like a, you know, a fly fishing exposition type thing, maybe in like Pleasanton or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then okay. in Canada, a lot of times we'll premiere it in like Calgary and, and we'll like, there'll be multiple like sold out screenings in a big theater. Amazing. It's amazing. And it's like, That's and so you're cool. just like, oh my goodness is it's like to be part. And, and sometimes there's like, you know, there's like famous politicians that fly fish that yeah. show up and you're just like, oh, this is like, this is exciting. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. It's cool. And so yeah, oh, it's, it's really cool. And then too, like the um, so there's the visual aspect of it, but then there's also the community aspect of it too, right? Where totally, you know, I love where we're. I absolutely love where we're at, like kind of culturally and technology wise. Where you know, where I can, you know, I can listen to a podcast while I'm driving, mm-hmm. or I can, you know, go and buy a magazine or have one show up at my house, or I can yeah. like go onto YouTube and like find like a you know, a, a whatever fly I want to tie. Like, like I can do all of that right now. Um, but I think that one of the, one of the kind of things that like IF4 kind of fulfills too, other than just kind of like, like big visuals mm-hmm. is that, that we can do that together, right? Like we can get together mm-hmm. in a theater and kind of like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, there's, you know, there's yeah. Joe and I haven't seen Joe like for, you know, for six months or whatever. And, you know, here we all are together. And yep. then, you know, so there's that. And then, you know, when a big fish like jumps on screen or like takes a dry on screen and you kind of like get that collective, like, right. Or gasp or whatever. Totally. There's something about that. That's, you know, that, that kind of community where you're like, yeah, you're like, cool. okay. Right. Like, you know, we all yeah. kind of like, we all experience that we're all going for that. Right. And so we yeah, all identify with yeah, that. Yeah. And there's something yeah. exciting yeah. about that too. Right. So. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm totally that is on cool. board. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, last summer on the sage. Ah. Here's the book. If you're watching on YouTube, um, it's a book for Yilma. Is this your first book? First What's book that? by you? Is this your first? This is my first. Yeah, it's my first oh. foray into. Uh, thank you. So exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's my first. Uh, th- thank you. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> um, awesome. I want to come on your podcast all the time. This is so good. Works for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's my first kind of foray into like uh outdoor slash wilderness fiction yeah which is which is i have to say like i kind of battled against it for seven or eight years like i had the story kind of bouncing around in my head and i fought against it for about seven or eight years because you know being in the fly fishing industry you know Mm -hmm. what sells right Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. kind of like what people are interested in um and, and people want like a lot of information and knowledge right now. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and kind of like to go, you know, to, to, uh, put a lot of time into like something that's more artistic, like a fictional yeah. novel, it, it was like, okay, should I be doing this number one? Because is it going to sell? And then, and then am I the best person to do it? And I kept thinking, you know what, there's people that are like way better than me that could, that could write something like this. Right. But, but then, but then I was, I started to think, you know what, like I'm putting the thought never went away, I guess is what I'm saying. The thought never went, went away. And I don't know if you guys are at a stage in life where, where you kind of have these like little dreams or little glimpses of things that you want to accomplish and you, and as like dads or wherever we're at in life, you know, where 
like anyway for me it was like I would always push it to the side but yeah. then I found like there was a part of myself that was kind of withering up and mm -hmm. and I don't know if you guys identify with that but there was like a part of myself that was kind of I like <laughs> like you know, right yeah exactly yeah, like totally. that part of yeah. yourself that's mm -hmm. like that's like okay you've got one life to live yeah. And there's this idea that's kicking around in your head mm -hmm. and you're either yeah, going to do something about it or you're not. And mm -hmm. I find that the more that I didn't do things about that, that, that there was part of myself that was dying. And so, yeah, 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 that's great. Right. Yeah. yeah and so, I mean, I think that like you said, like there's, t you're like, is it going to sell or should I do it? I mean, it's like, I mean, there's two different things, right? You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And so it was like, so, so finally I was just like, you know what, I am just going to, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to start to, you know, storyboard it. I'm going to yeah. put it on a plot arc and, and it's got, um, and I don't know how much of it, like how much you've read of it now, Mitch, but, um, but it's actually got parallel plots. So, so it actually starts out in the classroom. Um, and, uh, well, and it's sorry, like, sorry, can I interject for half a second? Yeah, Maybe yeah. for people who haven't read it or just our listeners who aren't familiar, what, what is like quick synopsis? Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then we'll get into what the, the parallel yeah, yeah. plots. Yeah, let's put a pin yeah. in the parallel plots. And right, we'll... and then we'll yes, thank yeah, you, yeah, like, yes, yeah, thank yeah. you for reeling me, reeling me back. Yes, um, yeah, that's our only so thing. The, yes, the, the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> the synopsis is this. Um, it's uh, it's a coming of age novel. So the main character is kind of like 17, 18. Um, he's grown up in kind of like small town. It could be small town anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, this happens to be kind of small town Rockies. Mm. Um, he's grown up. He's heading off to university. And so it's his last it's his last summer fishing kind of the river that's like that's nurtured him. That's like that's been part of like all of his like all of his pastime. Like that's that's what he does is he goes and when he's not in school and when he's like not working to make money for university, he's out fishing. Um, this he's out fly fishing this this stream and it's called the sage that's why it's called last summer on the sage and so so really it's a it's a story about um about kind of the the people and the experiences that he has in his last summer um fishing that river thinking that like thinking because he's young he doesn't understand that that maybe one day he'll be back he just thinks when he heads off to university that that'll be it right yeah. and so so he's trying to make the most of that like last summer that he has um, and so, and not to give away too much of the novel, but, um, but one of my like very favorite characters in the novel, which is really funny. It's, it sounds really funny because obviously the protagonist or the main character should be my favorite character, but one of my favorite characters in the novel actually became a character named Jack, who's, um, who's very much, um, a recluse. He's very much secluded or, or like distanced himself from culture or society because of just some baggage that he was carrying around. And, and he has this like little cabin on the Sage River that nobody has ever stumbled across essentially. And, you know, and I, I don't want to give away too much, but so I won't, but, but anyways, Ryan, that's one of the people that Ryan kind of stumbles across, like kind of very accidentally through the novel. And I love their relationship because what happens is, is that, um, is that in Ryan's youthful naivety, he he kind of like reclaims some of jack's belief in humanity like in the goodness of humanity right and and in but then but then as jack kind of begins to to start to um feel like maybe humanity does have some worth again uh mm -hmm. that that ryan is also learning kind of from jack's just 
infinite knowledge of the river that he's fishing, that he's fished his whole life and he's learning so much more from Jack. And so it becomes like this, this wonderfully like reciprocal kind of like in different ways type relationship. And it's just, it, it turned out to be one of my favorite, absolute favorite um, relationships in the novel. Uh, but anyways, there's, there's, uh, there's lots of, there's lots of action in it too. So it's not, it's not just kind of like slow moving, kind of like, you know, an old guy and a young guy having conversation. Although there is lots of that on the river. There's, there's some philosophical conversations because, um, you know, because Ryan wants to know more about direction in life. And so there's that. Um, but, but there is also like lots of kind of like actiony parts in the, in the book as well, where, uh, where kind of the antagonists or the, the, the villains in the novel, as you would say, um, which I, I'm safe to say this on your guys' podcast because this is a fly fishing podcast, but the villains in the novel are bait chuckers, right? Who sit under kind of these, under this bridge and it's awesome, <laughs> right? <And> so, <laughs> yeah. Love it. So anyways, there are, yeah, there are these bait chuckers that sit there and, and so they end up kind of like causing a lot of problems for Ryan and his best friend, Nick and, and his sister, Nick's sister, who ends up becoming kind of a love a love interest and so really anybody that's like anybody that um that's ever been like 17 or 18 and like you know kind of had a relationship and thought it was like the best relationship in the world because it, because you know it's the first time that you know you had a relationship like that yep. um you'll love this novel if you love if you love fly fishing you'll love this novel um if you love uh if you love kind of like uh like kind of like philosophical conversations about life you'll love the interaction between you know jack and jack and ryan um so yeah so there's lots of touch points in it if you you know if you're kind of if you want to nerd out on fly fishing a little bit there's there's kind of like nerdy spots too right where it's like you know basically ryan summer follows a hatch chart and so so it's like so he knows you know he knows when you know when the stone flies are first coming off that that's like that's the opening that's opening season and that's when he needs to get out there and he knows that you know on the opposite end of that that when you know when hopper season arrives that uh that his summer's coming to an end summer's over right? yeah. yeah that Love summer's it, yeah. over and and he's yeah. gonna be heading off to university he has no clue when he, he'll be back and so so there, there's all of that 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 works in the novel um or that that kind of goes in and, and it's, and it's very much, there's two plots in it. So back to the, can we, mm -hmm. we'll take the, take the pin out now. And, and the, well, the, I, yeah. I love just oh, as sorry. a bridge. I mean, I love the, I love like the themes. I think you picked a really good, uh, like it's a great idea yeah, because coming of age book based around like, you know, a young person's, you know, last time fishing their, their river before they go to college, you say like, they don't realize they can go back, but it's like, kind of like they kind of can't, you know, it's like right. that last summer where you fish the river before you yeah. go to college, like, you don't really come back the same, you know? Yes, so there yes. is something really beautiful about that. I think it's super relatable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like it. It's yeah. Cool. yeah. It's and, and way to, way to pick up on that Mitch, because it's like, cause you're right. We don't, you know, the older we get, you know, with mm -hmm. kind of like, whether it be work stresses or, you know, driving our, you know, driving kids around to, and which is a good thing, driving kids around to, you know, soccer and baseball and basketball, mm -hmm. all those things you know, going back means something entirely different, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. summers in your teens, they're like, you know, there are these, these endless, they, they seem endless mm -hmm. and it's like, and everything seems like it's the, it's the biggest and the coolest thing in the world, yes. right? Totally. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so yes. when you hook yeah. a fish, when you hook a fish that you didn't think you could catch, you're just like, 
you know, that becomes a story for an entire week. Like everybody yeah. that you talk to, like, oh, I, you know, I caught this fish. And, you know, when you, yeah. when you finally get up enough courage to actually ask a girl out and she says, yes, you're just like, you, you know, you can't even <laughs> believe it. Right. You're just like, oh, she, like, she actually like likes me. Right. Like, and she wants to go out with me. So, so there's like, there's that, but it all kind of centers around centers around, um, it centers on fly fishing. Right. And yeah. so it's like, so yeah, I, I totally don't want to give away too much, but, um, it's, it's, but sure. that's kind of, that's the gist of it. Yeah. You said that's fiction though. I know. I feel like there's a bit of autobiography, autobiographical uh, kind of yeah, points, there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's an awesome pickup. Um, yeah, there is like, like a lot of the stories in, <laughs> yeah, there's right about what you know, right about what you want story what they in say. there. And Mitch, after you've read through it and yeah, but after you've read through it, um, I'll pick it out. I'll tell you, oh, you'll, the story. you'll pick it's it out. There's, there's a, there's a phrase and I don't know what your guys' podcast is rated. So I'll just call it, I think it's called Peyronie. Extremely explicit. Actually. Okay. Yeah, like, extremely we put an explicit. explicit. Where, yeah. I'm, I swear okay. all the time. I'm sorry. I worked in restaurants. <laughs> just it's just awful. It's just awful. <laughs> I can't even, I can't even, I don't even know what's happening most of the time. <laughs> so yeah. So you get to this one spot where, um, where there was, yeah, where actually I can't really say it. it it'll give away too much. But anyways, there's something called, there's something called Peyronie's disease and it's mentioned in the, in the novel and Peyronie's disease has to do with, um, how shall I say it? Like, are you guys PG or PG 13 or what are you guys at? It's, we're explicit. Okay. So we're good. So, so it's an, it's an erectile, it's an erectile <laughs> dysfunction. And oh, ED. Nice. Yomano, Yomano's <laughs> Fly fishing after dark. I love the it. last cast. <laughs> Welcome to the last cast, Mitch Dusen. <laughs> Today we're talking about Yoma's ED. <laughs> I feel Will like his dry fly awesome. fishing fix it? <laughs> I feel like one of you guys needs to name a fly ED. ED. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it doesn't catch any fish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, is that the version? Oh, oh no, no, never mind. I was going to make a trout setting joke. <laughs> Anyways, there's a, there's a, yeah, I feel like, like we could keep going off of that joke yeah. that you only, you just yeah. said, which oh, is, yeah. you know, start to, you know, talk about certain fly tying materials yeah. and stuff, but yeah. well, yeah. yeah. Anyways, back to the novel. <laughs> I feel like it's safer if we head back there, but, um, anyways, so, <laughs> so. Uh, there's one part in there you'll you'll pick up on it, but um, but yeah. So so there's a, a character in there who who has like who the doctor thinks has that um, mm -hmm. because of an event that's happened to him, and uh, and yeah, that was like you know that was you know when I was you know it was probably 17. I was driving out to a lake with my buddy, and 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 I didn't fish with this guy all the time because he was like one of those guys who was like. I don't know how to say it. I won't say his name, but he was one of those guys that was like a limited, limited time kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's right, like, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Whereas it's like, like, I gotta go mm -hmm. now. <laughs> exactly. Like you get there and 20 yeah. minutes later, he's like, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I've got this other thing going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, he was just, he always kind of like, if he was in a boat with you, he always like wanted to debate something rather than just fish. And if he was like, <laughs> 
you know, he was always like getting angry at other people around and you're just like, this is kind of embarrassing, right? Like I'm just here to fly yeah. fish, right? Yeah. And so right. he was just one of those guys. And anyway, so somehow he got, I think I was probably going with a bunch of guys and he got stuck in my vehicle and, uh, and he's like, oh, you know, pull over. I need to, you know, I need to pee. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I pulled over, but he didn't, he didn't want to pee. He like, I feel like maybe we, you might have to edit this out, but um, but he didn't want to pee. He like he grabbed his pellet gun. So I was probably like 17 at the time. He grabbed his pellet gun and he like he hung it out the window, like the pellet gun out the window, and he shot this horse that was urinating. And he shot it. He yeah. He aimed for that area, and that horse like went straight up and just like started running away. Anyways. I'm just like, what are you doing? Cruel. Anyways, there's one yeah. portion of the story that, that like, it has nothing to do with a horse, but it has everything to do with right. with somebody getting shot with a pellet gun. That's insane. Yeah. It's just cruelty. That really rabbit yeah, trailed. Wow. I'm sorry. You guys might have to edit no, that out. I'm sorry. I don't know. That's, like, that's a crazy I'm like, story. That's the weirdest fishing story. Yeah. I think Isn't that I've the weirdest one story of, ever? One of the thing I've ever that heard. That might be a new like, segment on the show. What's your weirdest, like, what's fishing, your weirdest story? fishing story? Yeah, I was driving to the river one day with this guy that had said he had to pee, and then he actually just shot a horse in the dick. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, I love your summary either, of that yeah. story. Like, that's like, <laughs> that's the best summary of the you're story like, you're ever. Like, you're like, time out. You, ha- you drove a guy. What? Like. <laughs> I know. That's so weird. I know. As I'm and telling the story, I'm like looking at your guys' reactions and I'm like, I don't know if I should stop or if I should keep going. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Mitch anyway, is like, just like, keep I going. It. I love it. You said something interesting earlier. Uh, you know, you're like, you're like, oh, I really loved the relationship. Um, oh yeah that happened in this book and 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 mm-hmm. i kind of curious to know like was that a surprise to you like i mean obviously you storyboard and you have an i sort of an idea in your head but maybe as you're writing yeah. things sort of evolve in your own brain and you ended up loving this relationship and yeah. was that that was that maybe non-intentional or or were oh. you surprised by that i guess yeah fabulous absolutely fabulous question um i was so it was intentional like to do what I was going to do with Jack's character. But as far as like creating plot arcs, like that doesn't have, like the plot arc doesn't have the actual dialogue, right? The actual interaction between characters. And Mm -hmm. so, so when the interaction started to happen between characters, that's when, that's when I'm just like, like, oh my goodness. Like Mm -hmm. that's when I started to fall in love with Jack's character because, um, and, and I'll give a little bit of background too on, on Jack's character. And this is not, this is not kind of like 14A or anything. This is like, this is dialing it back here. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but like, I think one of the reasons too, and that I, that I kind of like fell in love with Jack's character is because Jack's character is kind of based on, it's loosely based on, on two people in my life. Um, but mainly kind of, but one that I'm kind of comfortable talking about and it's like, I don't know if you guys have had like people in your life where, um, as you're growing up, where you wanted to like, you wanted to kind of insert yourself a little bit, um, but you felt like you couldn't because you felt like maybe you're too young. That was mm-hmm. that was like that for my grandfather, mm-hmm. like for one, sorry, one mm-hmm. of my grandfathers, yeah. um, where there mm-hmm. was a little bit of family upheaval that happened, and and his name was Jack, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name was Jack and there was a little bit of family upheaval that happened. And so essentially I didn't meet my grandfather until, until I was about kind of 17 ish, like in that kind of in that range. And it was, um, and one day 
I was, my mom had said that, that my grandfather uh, lived up, or sorry, that he, that he had a cabin up on this lake, at the end of this lake. Mm -hmm. And I used to go up to the lake kind of that was close to it and fly fish sometimes. And mm -hmm. so one day I, I thought to myself, I was just like, I don't, I, I don't care what's kind of happened kind of family wise. Like, I'm just going to go up and knock on his door. Like I'm going to find his cabin and knock on his door. Yeah. And, and so, so I did, I like, I packed up early from fishing that day and, and I drove like all the way up to the next lake. And there was actually mm -hmm. a group of cabins at the end of this lake. And so I started knocking on some different doors. And I think it took kind of about two or three doors before somebody was like, oh no, yeah, Jack, he, he lives, he's just over in that cabin over there. And so, mm -hmm. so I remember walking up to the door and I remember thinking like, like kind of having this like pre-planned speech in my mind about what mm -hmm. I was gonna say to somebody that I had essentially never met before, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so I like, I, I walked up to the door and I had this like, this speech in my mind already and I knocked on the door and when the door opened, there was like this 70 or 75 year old man that was a spitting image of myself staring back at me. And all I could say was, I looked at him and I went, hey, like that, like I just said, hey, like that's <laughs> all that came out, hey, right? Like one of these kind of life changing kind of events yeah. and all yeah. that comes out is kind of like, hey, and he yeah. looked at me, he kind of like looked at me and he's all, he kind of did the, hey, like, and then he went, right. and then there was kind of like this uncomfortable kind of like two or three seconds of nothing. Mm -hmm. And then he went, yeah, you're gonna have to refresh my memory. I don't, I don't know who you are. And I went, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm Derek. I said, I'm your grandson. And he went, yeah. oh, and he said, come on in. And then he invited me in and we, we probably talked for two or three hours where he wow. was like, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, uh, he was kind of like, I put him in like the grumpy old man category where he was like, he was kind yeah. of like unhappy about, you know, politics and this, you know, yeah. prime minister and kind of like he was unhappy yeah. about a lot of stuff, but, but it was entertaining. He was an entertaining guy. And, uh, right. and I remember having that conversation and, and, and then I remember leaving that day and there was actually a few other times where I, where I went up and, and visited him at his cabin. Um, but I remember kind of leaving that day and thinking, um, you know, Jack is a fly fisherman and I've never fly fished with him. And that, that kind of like that struck pretty deep in me because I think anybody that's fly fished, um, who has family that fly fish, it's like, you know, when you go, when I go home, like back to my hometown, like I'm there to fish with my, you know, with my brothers and my dad, right? Like, like that's mm -hmm. why I'm there or to fish with like lifelong friends. Like, like that's why I'm there. Right. And so, um, so to, to have somebody who was, who, who like could have been very instrumental kind of in my life and that, mm -hmm. that wasn't there, I kind of like, I kind of look back on that and go, oh my goodness, I wish that there was more there, right? And so, mm -hmm. so, so in fiction, I was able to do that. And, and mm -hmm. I was able to like, I was able to, to create a relationship um, that that kind of like in my mind allowed for allowed for not only Jack's character to kind of like to be like a character of like you know uh, redemption for lack of a better word like you know we we do like I think as humans we, we're drawn to kind of like redemption stories like the Green Mile and stuff like that right where we like kind mm -hmm. of like we like somebody whose whose life is maybe in pieces a little bit but that that ends up coming back together right mm -hmm. and and so so with jack in the novel that's very much kind of
kind of what happens. And it, and it was very, I don't know, as an author, it was very cleansing for me to be able to do that. Because like I say, it wasn't, yeah. it's not just, it's not just my grandfather that that represents. There's actually, you know, a few people in my life who, who in my kind of youthful, my youthful idiocy or, or just not understanding kind of the fullness of life, um, not realizing that, that just being a person, regardless of how old you are, just being a person and just spending time with people, it, it makes a difference in everybody's life. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So anyway, so, so that's kind of Jack's character and, and although great question, um, about kind of like, why did Jack's character kind of become kind of a character that I fell in love Mm -hmm. with? But, but that's kind of why. I would say that's maybe too much of background into why. No, no, I mean, oh, must be really, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, must be really nice to just be able to sort of just like have these reflections, you know, on 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 if when you do when you do inject like elements of your own life into the book, you can kind of just like let that kind of you know flow. And as you write, it must be really nice. Yeah, it's yeah, and Mitch, it's freeing, right? It's very very freeing freeing, to be able to. And and I've often thought about that too. Like, why fiction, right? Like, why why not just tell a real story? But but it's I think that what fiction allows us to do is is it allows us to explore areas that that Mm -hmm. maybe we wouldn't want to naturally go or maybe we do want to see, you know, a story come together that hadn't come together or you know i, I yeah. think that there's there's certain elements of fiction that allow us to do things that that we can't do that that we might kind of have an underlying desire to do um yeah and that yeah. that reaches kind of different people at different levels right like I don't, I don't i can't tell how old you guys are just by kind of looking at you and i don't expect you to kind of like be like oh i'm like uh, 35 um <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, well, I'm but, like 35, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 40. <laughs> and Mitch 31. is 29. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch is 29. Uh, but, but I can remember, like, I can remember sitting, like, in, in the theater in 1993, yeah. I think, when A River Runs Through It came out, and just being so, yeah. so, like, absolutely taken by the cinematography and the story and just being, like... Like so drawn into it where I felt like I felt like there were portions of my story that were being told right in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that's what good art does. That's what good. And I'm not saying that my book is good. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that's what good art does. And that's what, you know, good fiction does. Right. Is it allows us to kind of get drawn into that and maybe get a little bit lost in it. Mm -hmm. Right. So lost part of it. Mm -hmm. And get into the emotion and everything else. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Nice. Um, how long did this book take you to write? Did this one just like flow through you or was it like kind of uh, took a little like was it a, like a longer process? Yeah. Um, oh, it probably took me. I think it took me two, probably two summers to yeah. write. So I would say mm-hmm. kind of like four, four or five months. And then and then and then the the editing process comes in and then that takes another yeah. like the editing process takes a long time right like right oh, like yeah. originally and you know this is kind of like maybe behind the scenes stuff but originally my my um protect or sorry my antagonist so the 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 bad guys the villains were i i'd i had um i'd used kind of language that was maybe a little bit too harsh kind of surrounding kind of like like redneckology and so the so the redneckology redneckology so the so the uh, editor asked me to dial that back, and so yeah. I had to go through the whole like the whole story and make sure that you know that 
like make sure that their actions were speaking louder than kind of like the narrator in the novel kind of like demonizing them. And mm, so that yeah, that yeah. took time to do, right? Um, yeah, and so, sure. so yeah, so in all, I would say, you know, probably, you know, probably half a year, I think like, as far as like actual like time, right. um, put yeah. into it, like, uh, and normally like I have a writing routine where I, you know, I, I get up in the morning, um, and I write for, I write for kind of, you know, two, three, depending on the day, sometimes four hours a day. And, uh, and I just finished, I just finished another novel too. It's not outdoor fiction, but, um, but I just finished another novel too. And so, oh, wicked. yeah, so, so I've kind of like got the bug now. So it's funny, right? Just back to the whole dreams and kind of like, I think once yeah. you, once you kind of push through something and kind of go, no, no, this is kind of who I am and kind of what I want to do. Mm. Then it's like, you either push through it and you go, okay, maybe it was more the, it was more the, like the attraction of it that, that draw, drew yeah. me to it. Or you're like, no, no, this is like what I want to do. This is who I am. And so then you just kind of like keep going. You just kind of do it. Yeah. yeah and, and I found that, right. I found that very much. So yeah. yeah. Anyways, it, it took a while. I, I would say like the whole process, you know, took me years and years and years because it's like, uh, it was like, what did Pam say in the office? Are you guys office watchers? Yep. What did Pam say? Yeah. British and So Pam and said something in the office. American. Oh, you, oh yeah. So you're like, you just one up me there. That was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. So Pam in the office said something about, you know, basically like how many years it took her to get to, get to gym. Right. Like there's that one quote yeah. where she's just like, you know, and she yeah. was talking about all the years that it took her to get to her. And then she finished with, and you're like 15 steps away or something. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that's kind of like always I, right there, yeah. but there's so much like emotional but stuff to exactly. The, yeah. yeah. And I feel that with the novel too, right. Where it was like, yeah. you know, like I said, the, the story was there for years and years mm -hmm. and years. Um, and but the yeah. Wanting, yeah. The yeah. wanting to it's write cool. and then not writing and then fear finally feeling like, okay, no, I'm going to do this. And then actually yeah. doing it. And then, yeah. Then editing and, it and then and and I have promoting like, it. And <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. 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 Then promoting it. I have a like on the inscription, I have like a few of my, my buddies that I grew up fly fishing with and they're kind of, yeah. I dedicated the book to them. And it was funny cause I sent it to them. There's a few of them that I've lost touch, that I've lost touch with. And, um, and it was funny, like, like getting kind of feedback. So they all, they all like got back to me, which was really interesting. Um, cause they didn't know I was writing the novel or it was even coming out. Yeah. And it was funny, like them getting back to me, because one of one of the guys like hand wrote me a letter. Whoa! And, that's and I'm cool. like, you know, when the last time I got a handwritten letter was he like, cares. I can't even <laughs> yeah. remember. Who cares? But yeah. he wrote yeah, that's like good. that takes this, it to another level. This four-page handwritten letter about you know how it's much awesome. he appreciated the story and and oh, cool. uh, then yeah, and the novel itself. And then one of my other buddies, probably well, not probably like my best friend growing up. Um, yeah. He we just uh, I just fished with him just over the, like through the summer and uh and he he said uh we had coffee together and he said um he said that he's read through the novel like two or three times now and he just he appreciates kind of having like because he can he can picture like some of those events in the novel right that we actually yeah. lived through mm -hmm. right like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so anyways it's, it's like a such a rewarding fulfilling thing beyond just like it's almost you know, like yeah, a shared memoir. You know, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice yeah. way to put it. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Well, um, Derek, we got five more questions okay. for you. These are like, we ask every guest on the show to okay. like round up shows and they're, yeah, yeah. they're not, you, you know, they're just kind of like uh, your favorites and stuff like that. Okay, but perfect. Yeah. I'm going to ask you them right now. We're going to see what you say. 
because these are Mitchie's Fishies Five. That's what we call Mitchie's Fishies Five. <laughs> I love that. Uh, There's right. five questions and First his name question. is Mitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've really, we've really done a lot of thinking on this show. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I love your guys' dynamic. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Like, so amazing. I love it. I love so it. So great. Uh, okay, number, number one on Mitchie's Fishies Five is what is your favorite fish and why? If you had okay. to pick a favorite fish, what would it be? Oh, you're killing me, Mitch. That's like, how do I, I don't know if I can pick oh, a, a tough favorite. Because if I define favorite by having like three, then then I could do that. But like, um, <laughs> uh, through the, probably probably West Slope Cutthroat. Nice. With nice. close second, really close second, the Bull Trout. Nice. Uh, yeah. have a favorite. Another close second, like Summer on Steelhead. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so, that is great. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Cutties. Gotta love them. Oh, Cutties. man. Yeah. yeah. They're like, like when, you're throwing, so when you're throwing foam flies at them, like at the beginning of the season, like a big stone fly pattern. Yeah. And they're just like, And they're coming up and crushing it. Psh, man. That's cool. Like, it's exciting. It's And it's, it can be numbers, <sighs> never too. Never caught right? a like Just catching lots of them. And, yeah. That's about to change, That's Mitch. about to change, Mitch. And I've never, yeah. I've never Sorry, caught a cutie, but we're going to Montana next week, so I'm... Are you guys excited. going to Montana yeah. next week? These two. Oh, it's yeah. yeah. Our fall is our fall is super busy. When awesome. we're super Act. super fortunate, but yeah, we'll be in oh, Missoula. Album yeah. oh, Gata. Nice. In and around Missoula. <laughs> nice. It looks amazing. Sorry. It looks so cool. This is so what bad. Over here, cracking jokes. You see Missoula? Dude, that was a good dad, dad joke. Did. though. That was a good oh, dad, dad joke. Because yeah. it's you know it's uh, <laughs> low hanging fruit. So what can I say? Yeah, yeah, you stepped up and you knocked it out. I love nice. that. Nice, yeah. <laughs> nice. I love that. Cutthroat, that's a great answer. Love it. Beautiful fish. Beautiful fish. Um, okay, number two is if you could fish anywhere in the world right now, where would you go and why? Assuming it's the best time of year to go to that place, like the fishing will be amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a little, a little stream um, that I fish in the Rockies that, like, that gets very, very little traffic. So I can't name it, um, but uh, but it gets very little traffic and it's like this, it's a headwater stream and there are like really big trout in there and the trout are difficult to catch. So it's like, so it's a bit technical and they're not yeah. only difficult to catch, but um, but there's like, but the casting is difficult because of all the trees and stuff. Right. And, and so like, it makes a difference, like whether your tippet is, you know, five X or six X on certain days, it makes a difference whether, you know, what shade of green your flav, you know, your flav is your, your mayfly imitation is like, like mm -hmm. these are all things that happen. It makes a difference whether you cast like, you know, six inches from a log versus like an inch from the log, like all of that. And then right. to toss everything into that, you know, there's, there's like, there's also the danger of like, you know, grizzly bears up in that valley. And like, so you're carrying your bear spray and you, you really feel, you really feel An like adventure. you're out there when you're fishing that. And, mm. and it's, yeah. um, and I, I absolutely love that place. Like I've said to my boys, and my wife, I've said, you know what? When I go, um, this is where I want my ashes yeah. spread. I want them up there. Yeah. That's that's the place. So, so I'll be yeah. up there oh, all the sounds time. Sounds awesome. Yeah. 
Oh man, yeah. Grizzlies awesome. freak me out, but it does I can sound picture, awesome. I can picture yeah. it. <laughs> not, to, yeah. not to disparage yeah, yeah. any of our other guests, but usually it's like the Seychelles. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so that's um, uh, so that's yeah. a really special answer. It's a very personal. Yeah. Thank you. Maybe the that, most man. personal answer. Oh, thank to you to that question. Yeah. 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 Thanks. Well, it takes us into number three, which is also going to be one of them's. Uh, what is your best or favorite, or one of your best or favorite fishing memories? Of all time. Oh, best or favorite fishing memories of all time. Um, <laughs> Tough one. It's a, it's a big, it's a big it's question. A big yeah. One well, for, yeah, for and the, my, my mind is going like, do I go nostalgic? Do I go funny? Yeah. Like, do I go like, what do I go? So I'll just pick. Um, so best fishing memory of all time. Um, I got my BB gun out and. No. <laughs> yeah. And my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Uh I would say, um, I would say probably, I don't know, anything, anything to do with like my brothers and my dad, like going out, going out. And so I don't know if I have just one kind of like one memory, but like Mm -hmm. anytime I get to go out with my brothers and my dad, it's like, I could like, I get a little bit emotional. Like I can actually feel it coming up right here. Right. Just cause you know, the older you get, the more you realize like just how special it is to get out, you know, with your dad. And my dad's like, he's, he's getting close to his eighties now. And, you know, but he's like, he's the dad that like goes and works out in the gym and stuff still. So he's like, so he wants to, you know, he wants to carry on getting out with his sons and, and he's not, you know, it's not like we're having to, you know, not go to this spot or not go to that spot because dad's coming along. He's, he's hiking in there with us and like, and so any of those kind of like memories in the last few years where, where dad's, you know, come along and, and, uh, gotten out there, those are my favorite, yeah. like my absolute favorite. Most memorable was the time that I almost got shot. I mean, other than the horse getting, like, I almost got shot one time when I was fly fishing, which was like really, really scary, but, Jesus. um, yeah. Like by a gun? Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was insane. Jesus. Yeah, Same guy. Right? What happened there? Yeah. <laughs> Same guy. Was it the different, horse guy? Different, different guy. Different guy. Right? Okay. Guys, welcome to BC, you guys. Yeah, welcome yeah, yeah. to BC. You're going to have a great time. Lock and load. <laughs> you might not leave, but no. Um, anyways. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, I was, it was this really remote stream. I was fishing all by myself. Yeah. Um, and, and I could hear these gunshots going off in the distance. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of yeah. weird. And then I like, I made a cast and I heard this gunshot go off. And just like a second or two later, a bullet ricocheted the rock, like hit the rock wow. right behind me. Jesus. That's wow. And, and I just was like, Peace. oh my goodness, like what's happening. Yeah. And so I like, so I like jumped into the stream. I like got across the stream and then I yeah. like went up the other side and, and I went and found kind of like, like where I could hear these gunshots coming from. And I like, kind of like went and found it. And there was just two guys target shooting like high powered rifles. Oh, right. And, but there wasn't a bank behind it. It was just a stand of trees. And they just assumed that the stand of trees would stop, you know, all the bullets. And one of them got through. Can you imagine? That's crazy. Like all of a sudden, like, you know, what would, what would a news report on that look like? Right? Like fly fishermen, like if my body was ever recovered and there was a bullet hole in it. And that's the new Tom Thompson. 
Right? Like, oh my goodness. Like, like, that would be such a crazy mis- story. The mystery of Derek Bird. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, the how does this like, guy I saw die. some aliens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> huge conspiracy theory about... Yeah, about, totally. It was the editor of the Fly Fishing Journal. Like, it just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love oh, that. man, oh, that's crazy. scary. That is scary. Yeah. I think yeah. about it that was, sometimes, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. especially when you're out yeah. in the back of Ontario during well, the tur- turkey season or something. Like, should I be wearing orange, yeah. you know? Like, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's like, yeah. that's yeah. honestly one of my worst fears is not actually getting shot when I'm out fishing, although that that would be a fear, but, but like actually like being, yeah. Right. But being like one of those fly fishermen that like stumbles across a dead body in the water, I'm, I've like, that's like one of my worst fears, like legitimately because you hear about it every once in a while. Right. Mm Yeah. 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 Anyway, it'd be wild. I mean, we grew up fishing the Ottawa river, you know, sometimes when you're snagged, you're like, and it started to move. You're like, Oh man. Oh yeah. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. Is this really a time it's again? a hand? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, number four. Number four, Mitch's Fish is five, is why do you fly fish? What do you get out of fly fishing? Ooh, um, so... I keep going back. Yeah, I'll, give a, I'll try to give a short answer to this question, um, which is the older I get, the more I don't really know why, except that I just really love it. I think when I was in my mm-hmm. 30s, yeah. I really tried to figure out why, you know, hunter-gatherer or... You know, yeah. it's in my blood. Or um, I said to mm-hmm. my co-host uh, Jim, Jim McLennan and I, we were fishing together uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was out in Alberta, and we were fishing, and um, and it kind of came up with him. And and I said to him, I said maybe one of the reasons that we fly fish, because he's all, have you figured out kind of why you do this? And I said, and I said yeah. basically the same thing. I let the older I get, you know, I just I just kind of love it, right? And that's yeah. that's maybe enough for me now. It's just that I love it. Yeah. Um, but I said, mm-hmm. I said, I think I know why people like us do fly fish. I said, um, and it's likely because, um, like my brain doesn't really have an off button. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, even when I rest, I don't want to be, I don't want to put my feet up. Like when I rest, mm-hmm. I still want to, like, I'm still trying to figure things out. And with fly fishing, it allows me to do that. Right. Yeah. So, so I, but it, but it's not super important, right? So yeah. I'm trying to figure it. And if I don't figure it out, oh, well, I'll be back the next day and maybe I'll figure it out the yeah. next day. Right. Or I'll figure it out and I'll feel like I'm on top of the world. Right. I'll figure out kind of yeah. what, you know, what mayfly pattern to use or what, you know, what stonefly pattern the fish yeah. are keying in on. But, but it's like, but it, so it allows me to, it allows my mind to do what it naturally does, but in kind of a non-essential or an unimportant way. And, and it allows me yeah. to kind of like, to be, um, this one's kind of important to me, but it, it allows me to, or it reminds me that I'm just kind of part of what's going on. Right. Right. Like I go That's out nice, into yeah. nature and, and I just get to, I get to be, um, I get to be one of just the live. kind of, yeah, I get to just live. I get to be one of the, one of the creatures that's out there just interacting and you know, yeah. where, where I live, you know, it's so beautiful. Like, you know, in BC, you know, I'm standing below, you know, massive peaks doing it and in kind of glacial fed streams. And, you know, it's like, it's like, oh man, like I, I can't not. And so that's an answer too. Yeah. I just, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We hear that one a lot. Cause I think everybody feels that, you yeah. know, it's like, just, it's just like a weird impulse. Yeah. You know? yeah. It's fun. Oh, I love that. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Challenging. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful answers. Yeah. 
Um, okay, this one's fun. This is the last one, Mitch Fitch Five. I'm really stoked to hear what you say. Uh, if you were a fly pattern, what would you be? What fly pattern represents you best and why? And sometimes people answer this like, oh, the, the one I use the most is no. Right. It's like yeah. you, like Derek Bird is a, yeah. is a fly pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is Which it? one is that? Yeah. yeah. Um, it could be existing, you know? That's yeah. Fine. I think it has to be like, I think it has to be more of an oddball pattern. So it couldn't be like a, you know, woolly bugger. It couldn't be like a, like a muddler. It couldn't be like a, you know, a uh, kind of any type of minnow pattern. I think it has yeah. to be like kind of more offbeat because, because that's my personality. I'm like, I'm, I'm an odd, I find myself odd in the way that, um, that I have to be kind of like, that my skill set, because, you know, because I, I write and I communicate where I'm like, I end up in front of the camera sometimes, or I end up kind of like, but, but I really don't like to be front and center. And so what fly would represent that? Um, probably some type of an emerger pattern, maybe, right? Where it's not like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not, it hasn't gotten to where it's supposed to go a yet. Com- a coming of age pattern. It's, still, it's <laughs> yeah. still productive, right? So. Oh, that's one. cool. Yeah. I like so, that. I, that, what a great, great question i've been on a whole like i've been on a number of podcasts now that's the first yeah. time i've been asked that question so nice job on the mitch's, <laughs> we're gonna, the mitch's fishy five we we're gonna trademark it so we yeah. also really want to do like a coffee table book with all the guests oh, yes. and like and nice. like there'll be you know this yeah. person's this fly this person's this fly love our guests and stuff yeah i don't know yeah. if, who would ever buy a coffee table book any but you know maybe oh they will who knows right yeah. right yeah. <laughs> just so, do you want to make it or do you want to sell it? I just want to make it, right? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, like exactly. Said, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. We exactly. just gotta like follow through to with it yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Just have to do it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Nice. I love it. Well, so that's here. that's the show, man. And you know what? Like we we covered a lot of ground, and like it was a lot really of really great getting a chance to yeah. just chat about your fishing life and fly fusion, the book, and everything. Oh, um, thank you for coming on. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you guys for having me. And really, like I love, like I absolutely love your guys' dynamic. Like seriously, oh, I, I mean, we could like you like kind of you three and kind of like like kind of hanging out and kind of like. I could totally do that at some point. Just invite myself along and be like, hey, guys, hey, I'm here type welcome. thing. Yeah, dude. Welcome yeah, right? Let's do it live. But, uh, but careful, you guys careful, a, careful what you wish for because right? we are going to be in your province. <laughs> right, that's Yuma right. does love popping <laughs> by. <laughs> just got to knock on the window. Like, Shows up at my door. I've got a coffee for you. That's like, a love uh, a callback. Oh, man. Nicely but, done. Um, <laughs> nicely done. But, uh, but I love, I do love kind of what you guys do and, and just how you do it together. And I love that, uh, yeah, I love that you guys are connecting with the community that you guys connect with so um so keep doing what you're doing and you guys are so good at what you do you're so good at what you do the interaction it was fun i was a little bit nervous today to come on to like no i hadn't done i hadn't done a panel yet like i hadn't done kind of like multiple multiple people yeah like multiple people and so i was like i was like oh I, i don't know how that's gonna go but oh my goodness, it was so fun, it's you relaxed. guys. So yeah, keep doing what oh, you're doing. Glad. You guys are awesome. I'm glad. We, we appreciate it. It's yeah. awesome, man. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Where can people? Oh, yeah, sh- took the words out book. of my mouth, Mitch. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Promo time. Shameless, Promo time. shameless plugs. Where, yeah. Let's have them. Let's hear I them. I get to do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, hell yeah. So if you want to buy my book, Last Summer on the Sage, um, you can find it at flyfusionmag.com. And if you go, there's a little icon on there that says store, and you can click on that and 
and you'll find uh, you'll find a bookstore on there. And there's a number of different books in there. Like uh, Fusion Books has its own publishing division, oh. and so oh, cool. um, yeah, so you can find different books on there. And uh, mine is Last Summer on the Sage. And so, quick question: yeah. Yes, do you guys want to publish a coffee table book about uh, 110 minutes? <laughs> yes, I will talk to my people. Yeah, the coffee table book it. about coffee tables. Oh no, yeah, sorry, that was that was different. Exactly. That's fine. That's cool. I didn't realize. I didn't know. Sorry, I, I for part of the ignorance. I didn't know. Fly Fusion had awesome. a publishing. Yeah, yeah like, well, arm. it's yeah, yeah, it's kind of like it. Uh, it kind of works with with select. Yeah, people that it, it kind of like. Well, this mm. this person would kind of like be somebody we'd like to work with, and so yeah. they go out and they yeah. they kind of target that audience, like target those type of writers. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, and it's it's like there's not a lot of books there. Like there's uh, like Jim McLennan, my co-host, he's got a few there, and now I have one there, and I suspect that there'll be more because they they keep working with different authors. So. Um, Very cool. So yeah, so you can find it there, or if you wanna, I always say this. I always kind of say this. If you want to support Jeff Bezos and kind of his next trip to space, you can uh, you can go ahead and get it on Amazon, uh, Amazon.ca for you Canadian listeners, and for those of you that are listening from the states, go to Amazon.com. Um, so you're not paying Canadian prices, and uh, yeah, you can get it there. If you type in "Last Summer on the Sage," Derek Bird, it'll pop up and you can get it there. Um, yeah, and then if yeah. you want to connect with me, like after you've read the book or something. Uh, if you want to like, you know, drop me a line and just say whatever, like whatever you want, um, you can you can find me on Instagram at Derek R. Bird, and uh, I'm not super active on there. I have to admit I'm a bit of a luddite in like social media areas, but uh, but I'm at Derek Bur- De- Derek R. Bird, <laughs> and you could like awesome. yeah, if you want to not- say something about the book, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to be like you know why did you you know why did you include like like these these paintings on the cabin wall like why did you include those yeah more than welcome to ask me awesome awesome and yeah we'll put links to all those all those things in the show notes as well so people can find it if you just go to the show notes but that's amazing and i'm the same as you on social thank you so much for coming on oh are you yes kindred kindred soul here yeah nice (laughs) yeah he's not a well, he said he had, to de- he had to detox. So it's just, yeah. okay. He would use it for like three hours a day, and it was a whole three, thing. Three. Like, we actually had an intervention. We yeah. were like, you, know, <laughs> you can't that's be. not true. So now he takes pride in it. He's like, yeah, it was he's his like, idea. He acts a benevolent thing. We're like, Yilma, you have got to stop. <laughs> Your hand is a phone. <laughs> awesome. Derek, thank you so much Derek, for coming awesome. on. It was really, really fun to chat. Yeah, yeah. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to meet you too. Chat yeah. with you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the one and only Gills Fly Fishing International. Gills Fly Fishing International provides the destination angler with the best personalized trip planning and booking experiences possible. And they run FFI Magazine, an online fly fishing magazine with articles from your favorite fly fishing writers. The magazine is filled with tips, trips, and tight line stories to get you jacked for your next adventure out on the water. Visit flyfishinginternational.com to learn more. That's flyfishinginternational.com. Or head to ffimagazine.com to check out the magazine. That's ffimagazine.com. 
Today's show is brought to you in part by Chums. Yes, Chums, the makers of fantastic outdoor gear for guides, dirt bags, river rats, and weekend warriors. Chums has been crafting exceptional products since 1983, most notably including their eyewear retainers, which is how they got their start. Many of Chums' products are made in the USA, and they're all designed with adventure in mind. Head to chums.com to explore a wide range of products, including wallets, bags, phone dry cases, eyewear retainers in all kinds of wicked styles, and much, much more. Every time we hit the water, Chums is right there with us in the form of amazing on-the-water gear, and of course, keeping our sunglasses from sinking to the murky depths of the waters we fish. Head to chums.com to explore sweet stuff, chums.com. Hey, what a show that was, eh, fellas? Wow, Derek is a very cool fella. Huh? Very cool. Very cool. Very cool fella. It's getting it's dark over here out, out central. It's getting dark out here, I know. It's crazy. Out east? Are we east? Out central. Are we in, like, the center? We're eastern standard. Well, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's like the, the city. According to the time the zones, I guess. But. The northeast? No, I thought you meant, like, your position in the city. Oh, yeah, you're, like, downtown. Yeah. Downtown. Um, fellas, but yeah, what's no, going that on? was cool. Like there was a lot to unpack There's, there. Like I feel like like yeah, we could have just had him going. on even without him having a book coming out. You know? Yeah. Oh, I know, hundred percent. I know. Yoma, when I finish reading this, which will be soon, I'm gonna give it to you. Absolutely. And then we can have a little book club. You wanna have a book club? Yay! I and know, although you can read great. it, you can have a book club. Or maybe club. me and me and Yoma can read it together in the woods of Tomogamy. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be so good. <laughs> like, you can do. Oh, you can do a little mushrooms? fireside <laughs> excerpt. To promote yeah. the show, do a little fireside excerpt, huh? Sure, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> for everybody listening, it's I haven't read it fully yet because I just got it. It's not that I didn't, you know, it's not that I'm like not reading it or something. I just got this book a couple days ago, and then we were like, oh, geez, the show's coming out. We got to get Derek on here. So check the book out in the show notes wherever you find books. Um, that's a weird way to say that. We The links are in the show notes, but <laughs> it's on Amazon. It's at Fly Fusion Mag. Um, <laughs> Wherever you find books, I'm just used to wherever saying you find podcasts. books, you'll find this. <laughs> I turn my book. AC off for so that there's no noise, and it's so. You're hot. also wearing yes. a hoodie. I know I'm so hot, and I've got three t-shirts on under this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? September first. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I guess we recorded the last <laughs> show before we threw it's the so party, bright. even though it was kind of about the trout we were saving at the party but we hadn't actually thrown the party yet the party went so well and i just want to say thanks to everybody who came out and actually some people donated some oh my god mitch you're crazy <laughs> sorry crazy. watch on youtube watch on youtube you can see watch on youtube sorry moments. we got distracted by by lights in mitch's face but yes yeah, so i just want to say thanks to everybody who came out thanks to the sponsors yeah. thanks to all the prizes that were donated um uh some people donated money that weren't even there um you know it was great yelma it was great having you there because you weren't there at the first one you know it was mm -hmm. it was awesome and um yeah Appreciate we it. raised three thousand dollars so that's like $3, almost six thousand dollars yeah thank for you everybody Trump for coming great, out to that that's a lot of moolah it's a lot of moolah awesome. yeah so it's awesome happening. so thanks uh what else has happened uh well we're about to go to montana we sound like assholes we're about to go to montana and then after that bc <laughs> but know, not not before going to tamagami for three weeks <laughs> <laughs> we do have a so, really fun fall ahead but you know what everybody out there you know what we have a fun fall and we're going to take pictures of it and share it with you yeah and i hope How's you have a fun sad? fall too and actually we and have we're gonna do a bunch of podcasts. two 
spots Squats. left left for the final week of the of Lady, the Evelyn. Lady Evelyn Brook Trout Adventure. If you are listening to this and you feel like, hey, you know what I could use? Yeah. Six days in the woods with Yilma and Aldo catching brook trout and canoeing. <laughs> well, That's pretty fun. You can. Everything's taken care of. Last week of September? Last week of September. Yeah. All um, you have to do is fish. <laughs> visit SoFly.ca for more details Week. on the events page, yeah. um, or just hit us up at info at SoFly.ca, or DM yep. us on Instagram, or Snapchat us. Um, or, well, I don't have Snapchat. I don't know. Um, you, can, you can DM us. We have a Snapchat account? No, Mitch does, though. Oh. I do, yeah. I just have it because sometimes I get Snapchats from, like, family members and stuff. I don't really use Snapchat, though. Like, I kind of hate it. They do have the best filters, though. They have some yeah, they good filters. filters. Yeah, good yeah, filters. Really good filters. Good filter fish. Um, well, yeah, great show, guys. Great show. Great show. And, um, stoked. Yeah. Stoked on that Derek, show. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Derek. Uh, it was really nice to meet you and uh, hear about Fly Fusion and everything else. And yeah, check out the show notes for the book, Last Summer on the Sage. Uh, go find it. Give it a read. And um, thanks for listening. That's it for me and Mitch. Yelma? Bye. Aldo? Bye. <laughs> Take care and see you later. You can find all of our content at SoFly.ca. Reach out via email by sending your questions or comments to info at SoFly.ca. Find us on Instagram at the SoFly Crew. Thanks for listening.